Hi, I'm Addie George with Plan Sponsor Consultants, and I will be one of your hosts here on the Plan Sponsor Consultants podcast. We strive each week to bring to light a topic relevant to those who administer a retirement plan for their employees. Today, we want to talk about e-disclosure safe harbor recently enacted by the Department of Labor. I am joined today by founder and managing director of Plan Sponsor Consultants, Mike Kane. Hello. Good morning. Before we jump right in, let's handle a little bit of housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also in the description of each episode, we will have a link to at least some piece from our website that gives you some more in-depth information, as well as you can find all of our contact information right there as well. Please remember that this information is designed to educate plan sponsors, but is not intended as authoritative guidance or tax or legal advice. Each plan has unique requirements, and you should consult your attorney or tax advisor for guidance on your specific situation. You can also find us at plansponsorconsultants.com. So, Mike, today we're talking about e-disclosure for retirement plans. When was this enacted, and what does this mean briefly? July 27, 2020. Uh, we have the American Retirement Association, which were members. We have been lobbying uh, the House Ways and Means Committee and the Senate Finance Committee for years saying how good this is and uh, finally and as well as the Department of Labor. So July 27, 2020 and basically this expanded the documents that employers are allowed to provide electronically and create a safe harbor for plans doing so. And it allows them to use electronic delivery for covered documents to covered participants. So the loads of paper that we hear about every year about participants getting and the notices that seem to always need to be sent, this will permit employers to take advantage of electronic media instead. Can you touch on why some plan sponsors would want to do this? Biggest piece is cost savings. According to the DOL, this move will save approximately $3.2 billion in next in net cost over the next decade for ERISA-covered retirement plans. So the Congressional Budget Office was happy to see numbers like this, as you can imagine. That's significant savings. And ultimately, that would impact participants. Yep. The DOL has gone on to show that these cost savings could ultimately be passed back to the participants and even lower the expenses that they're paying for the retirement plan. So on that, in the long run, will go right to their investment bottom line. That's great news for participants. So are there any other benefits to e-delivery? Yep, one other benefit the Department of Labor has noted is this could permit the materials to be more accessible in real time and allow participants to act more readily. I can see that. I mean, let's face it, most of us are in our email inbox at some point throughout the day, either on our computers or on our phones. But paper mail shows up and it may get stashed somewhere for you to address later. Not to mention the efficiencies in certain email providers where it can remind you of a specific task. And then it's an active link. You don't have to go and type that address. You can just click right on it, maybe even from your mobile device. Yeah, I mean, not snail mail, no more snail mail. Not to mention the workforce is getting more and more digital each year. Let's backtrack for just a little bit. You mentioned covered documents and covered persons. Can you touch a little bit on what those two terms mean? The Department of Labor, yeah, likes to add these terms and other definitions. So covered individuals are participants, beneficiaries, 
and others who are entitled to receive covered documents. Covered documents, on the other hand, are any documents or information that the administrator is required to provide plan participants and beneficiaries under Title I of ERISA other than a document or information that needs to be furnished upon request. An example of this would be an annual QDI notice to participants. That was going to be my next question. Can you give us a couple of examples that may move to electronic delivery? Yep. So some more would be a summary plan description, summary of material modification, summary annual reports, participant level fee disclosures, and blackout notices. Wow. That sounds like most of what we hear participants getting in a year. I can see how that would create such significant savings to cut those out. So how does this work? What steps are there? I assume that participants are going to have to be notified of this change the yep. way they're currently receiving notices, but that, what else has to happen? That's correct. There's two important factors in that. First of all, uh, plan administrators must send an initial paper notification that they're changing to a new electronic delivery method, provide the web address, and offer the right to opt out if the participant prefers. Secondly, they also must give the participant the right to receive paper documents if they would prefer that. And as we know, inertia is going to kick in and many of these are going to stick with electronic communication, right? Correct. Uh, and if, uh, if, the, if it's like automatic enrollment, probably 90% plus. So the, the expectation from the Department of Labor actually is even higher at 99%. So let's switch gears just a little bit and talk about how this might work for a plan sponsor and, and for the covered individual. The Department of Labor has laid out basically two different options for how a plan sponsor would handle this. The first is a path of email delivery of documents, and the other is website posting of documents. Let's take, for example, the first choice, email delivery of documents. Mike, uh, how would this look? Okay, that's the easy one. In this case, an email is generated and a document is attached to the email, and a person receives the email, and the document the second time. The second one is a website posting. Addie, how does that one look? So in this option, the actual document would be posted to a web portal of your choice. Many record keepers will have this set up already for a plan sponsor, or perhaps you have a web portal that your participants already use for benefits or whatever else you're offering. This would house the actual document. There would then be an email that would be generated, which they're calling the notification of internet availability, which is basically a notification that a new document is available on the site, and typically a sentence or two that's going to make somebody want to go and open that document. These are typically a smaller email to get through a firewall, since you're not actually attaching the documents, and they would then be retained. A copy of that document would be retained on the web portal until a newer version is available but no less than one year. So both of these would uh, rely on email addresses for notification. Uh, what are some of the requirements around that? Plan administrators must keep track of the recipient's email address, and if an address becomes invalid, they must either correct the issue right away or treat the participant as opting out of electronic delivery and sending them paper until there is a correction in place. This ties in to the next point, which kind of is, what about somebody leaving the company? So a person leaves the company, the plan administrator must ensure the continued accuracy and operability of that person's employer-provided email address. 
I feel like this has been a pretty good brief summary for our audience today and a brief introduction into the e-delivery discussion. So any parting words? Well, it's been a great achievement for the retirement plan industry. Uh, as I've said, we've lobbied on Capitol Hill for this for years and years and years. And, you know, it's helping to go green, and it's also creating cost savings. But uh, as with everything, it may not be the right for every plan. It may not be the panacea they're looking for, but it'll enable, you, uh, it'll, it'll enable uh, us to... Uh, achieve another, I think, uh, overcome an obstacle that's been in our way for a long time for plan sponsors. But be sure to communicate uh, with your advisor and record keeper on this. That's a great point. The record keepers are always developing new capabilities. So be sure you're always checking in with your record keeper or your TPA about what they may have available to facilitate in this transition if it's something that you think would be a good fit for your participants. So to conclude, uh, you know where to find us, PlansponsorConsultants.com, for all of our contact information or services and more information on e-delivery and a variety of other uh, plan sponsor topics to impact you as a plan fiduciary. Thank you all for taking the time to join our podcast today. As always, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like this content, we'd love your feedback. Contact us through our website and contact information. Again, this is Addie George. And Mike Kane with Plan Sponsor Consultants. We will see you next week.